Welcome to the Land Cave. We're living as nerds. I'm Patrick, joined by Owen. Hi. Yeah, it's a special Valentine's Day episode, which just means that we're just gonna have flowers in the background. But uh, you can pretend that know, we're. Patrick, that I yeah. Oh, I hurt you too. Got a bromance going on here. You guys know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, hope you're having a great Valentine's Day Eve or Valentine's Day if you're listening to our podcast uh, or watching our YouTube video, but live Valentine's Day Eve on Facebook. Um, so what, what you been up to, man? We uh, didn't get to hang out last week, so it's kind of sad. I know. I'm sorry about that. Life gets in the way. Yeah, it happens. Uh, you know, spouses work. You watch your kid. It's partnership, uh, man. It's partnership. I know, and we. I really appreciate that uh, that flexibility. I like February in Texas, mm -hmm. not because of the rain. I'm a little tired of the rain, but because it's a rare time where like you get to wear your beanie. You'd think that you'd get to wear your beanie in December, but there was like one cold day in December. Yeah. But it's been a flat forty degrees or lower here in the great state of Texas all week, so it's been beanie weather, which is nice. Uh, and that means it's also nice to play a little Horizon Zero Dawn, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which I finished. Uh, you can see my review on facebook.com slash landcave, or if you follow me on the GG app, mm -hmm. uh, which I use for the game tracking and review writing. Hopefully you guys like that. Uh, but I don't know if you've checked out the reviews yet, Patrick, but I, but I have a little I have. format going. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you like that format, but you know, I say the bad, the good, and I just give a little... Get a little blurbs yeah on, no i'm, I'm like I, like I didn't i didn't see this review yet but i'm like i do like the format the um this is this is a game that i if i feel bad about um you know not finishing a game or, or hardly putting in the hours to a game it would be this uh yeah. so many so many other games came out that that i really need to get back to it um it's just it's so pretty uh you were saying the yeah. lore was really good too like as so, you get deep in that's what made me feel absolutely terrible was i got to I got I, I barely remembered anything in this game and mm -hmm. then I got to the point where I, I finally hit a spot where I was like, Oh, I remember this happening and I remember kind of stopping around here. And it was right before the past lore of the game gets really good. Um, so there's like a current lore of what's going on in the world like as it is right now and then yeah. there's a past lore of like what happened to get the world up to this point. Mm -hmm. The current lore is okay, but the past lore is so good. The story about like how the world wound up this way is awesome. Um, so I definitely suggest uh, you pr you're probably gonna have to restart it at this point, but that's I okay. Am. Yeah. Um, and then I can't say it enough. The combat with the machines is mm -hmm. awesome, and the combat with humans is not awesome. But yeah. there's there's it, the human stuff is few and far between, so it, does, it isn't a big deal. Um, you can read the rest of my review if you want to check it out, though. But I did just finish it. I haven't gotten to the DLC yet. Um, I I would say if you skipped it or if you dropped it like me for Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. um, it's only 19.99 on PSN right now and I saw it on I saw it on Amazon for 12 bucks hmm. um, I would get it uh, for sure and then for you PC players if you don't if you don't have a PS4 it is going to come to PC I think sometime this year so it's something to look out for I do it is on the recommended I gave it an uh, the, the the GG app does five stars, but it allows you to do half stars, so it's a four point five out of okay. five. Okay. Okay. I took off point five for a few clunky things about what I don't like about the density of the map and that I don't like the human 
the the human combat, mm. but whatever. You know, at that point, I'm just being nitpicky. It, yeah. just, it wasn't quite enough to be a five, but it was still really good enough to where I felt bad that Breath of the Wild came out that week. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what tore me away from it. I was playing Breath of the Wild. Whitney played Event uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and she really liked it. And then I can't. I don't think. I think she got close to beating it, but I didn't dive into it very much. It's it's gorgeous game, and you know I I need to to dive in and play it. And the humans were an afterthought. I mean, this this entire thing. It was all about can we get uh, you know animatronic dinosaurs? Can we get robot dinosaurs? And yes, yes, yes we can. They can. It's so good. So good. Yes, we can. Obama yeah. says. <laughs> so I've uh, I'm I've been playing more Metal Gear, but I'm picking up uh, Baldur's Gate tomorrow for Switch oh. because I'm excited about Baldur's Gate three. Is that out? Uh, Baldur's Gate on Switch. Yeah. Or uh, Baldur's Gate uh, one and two enhanced are on Switch. Baldur's Gate Already? three is not. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So I'm Carry I'm on. going to I'm going to pick it up um, and. And, and knowing that I would probably sink a lot of time into it, but I decided instead of getting it on PC, I figured I'd grab it on Switch instead. Um, GameStop, for some reason, had it for $28. Nice. Yeah, so I, I don't understand that, but for I will a Switch, say for a new for a, Switch release, that's for great. a new Switch release, um, twenty eight dollars. I'm picking it up tomorrow. Um, I could have picked it up today, but like I went to GameStop uh, because I saw it uh, low, so low priced online, and my local GameStop did not have it. So I should have just like order. I should have just been on the app or on the web page and said said buy in store and then uh, I would have seen that it wasn't coming to my store but essentially I want to dive into it because it's a game that I didn't get into um I okay. yeah I, I I didn't I mean I know, I, mean, I know of it but I've I'll not say played you it. could you can just skip one I mean, okay. one is it one is a great game but like if uh -huh. you I don't I don't remember if the enhanced edition comes with one and two packs together it does. Uh, if it if it does, cool. But two, it's kind of one of those things where it was like it kind of like a Diablo one and Diablo mm -hmm. two situation where like Diablo one was fun, it's good, it's solid, and then Diablo two was awesome. Yeah. Baldur's Gate one was fun, it's solid, and then Baldur's Gate two is is amazing. It's real yeah. like the D and D system. Like you really see the D and D system come to life, and that's what I'm excited about. Like, so and it's been forever since I played it. But yeah, so that's why I'm I'm excited about it because you know, Baldur's Gate three coming out, and I'm like, you know what, I want to dive into this. I'm playing D and D. Um, I want to dive in some more D and D. Like, and I'm hopeful that you know, on a on a similar different note, but similar note, uh, I am still waiting for that uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, Magic the Gathering MMO. That's what um, they announced uh, about a month, like what, two months ago? Yes, yeah. They, they said that they're that. they said they're having a beta. Um, I didn't get any notification on it. I haven't seen anybody playing it, so I'm assuming that that got uh, delayed. Um, it's either that or hardly anybody's playing it, and it makes me sad. Um, but I like me some magic. I like you know, obviously Dungeons and Dragons sitting in the back here, you know, background over here. But um, yeah, uh, I just thought I'd have to dive into some Baldur's Gate, and you know jump into that for a little bit before what's our next big game final fantasy 7 got delayed a little bit so what's the next big one uh let me pull up my list here. yeah because final fantasy 7 was delayed i know we've uh cyberpunk I was delayed as well i still have final fantasy being my next big game uh we got some time. there's there's some other stuff that's come out like i really want to play kentucky Route zero which mm -hmm. i have not picked up yet I have a thing. I have a list going that you can also see on the GG app uh, of just my backlog, and 
I decided once Final Fantasy VII got delayed, I was like, all right, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to play some games that have been sitting on my PlayStation and my Switch for quite a while. So I, I went through uh, and I played some Battlefront Two again. I went and beat Sea of Solitude, which I mentioned on the show, mm -hmm. and now yeah. Horizon. And it's kind of like, what do I move on to next? I have what a solid month and a half what did final fantasy 7 get moved to? it's april right it's it's april i want to say it's late april um because it got delayed um but i'm, I'm excited about it anyways sp but speaking of, of backlogs as you're looking that up i would i would like to say that we got some recent i wouldn't say rumors but we had uh, Ubisoft uh, and some of the developers saying the consoles are getting more backwards compatible than we thought. So then has been confirmed, I should say, which I think this aligns with what we've been talking about when it comes to the rumors of uh, the consoles being backwards compatible to multiple generations. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing to me if, if they all are. It's going to be amazing. Sorry, did you find the date? April 10th. April 10th. That's fine. Yeah. So I put this in here, even though it's a rumor. So that means, uh, like, that's all we have to go on right now with PS5 and, and Xbox Series X. There's not really, there's not, they're being very delayed with the yeah. info. Um, so this was during, I think, the Ubisoft earnings call, and they mentioned that uh, that the chances of Ubisoft's back catalog being available, implying that there's going to be a lot of backwards compatibility. It may not be complete, but that at least says something maybe about the big companies. Like maybe if they, even if they can't do full backwards compatibility, because even mm -hmm. Xbox One can't do that with with previous titles. Maybe they get the companies like Ubi and EA and uh, etc. and like can get them on board with backwards compatibility. It's like, hey, you should make your libraries readily yeah. available or at least use your app because ubisoft is another one of those companies that came out with the, their service mm -hmm. that allows you to play those games uh but like you it, that's exciting to know that they're trying to push it beyond just this gen um xbox has already been doing that mm -hmm. sony was like we don't care because we know you don't actually care which is the truth but we can care a little bit. Just, yeah, we can care just, just a little bit. Can I, you know, if I, can I, if I can play like some some old PSX JRPGs on there, That'd be or cool. if they can make um, PS1 classics like they already have available on PS3, uh -huh. uh, or just let me play Crisis Core. Really, that's the only thing I actually <laughs> want to play. Is I want to play Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII like right now. Mm -hmm. I want to play some Resistance. I want to play, um, honestly, I want to play some PS3 games and some PS2. Uh, and the convenience of being able to play it all in one console is going to be spectacular if that's the direction that we're moving. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about the future of not having a console, like actually um, just streaming off your TV. Um, I'm contemplating being able to have a rig or, or you know, basically all of my. Um, consoles in another room or in, an, in a closet so that way they're not on the um on the entertainment center just to declutter uh but even then i've seen issues i've heard about issues when it comes to lag so it's fine for dvds or for you know blu-rays or whatever um not so much for for gaming that makes me that reminds me there was a story that came out just yesterday and i forgot mm -hmm. to put it in today uh but just since you mentioned the streaming from the closet uh Xbox X Cloud um, yeah. has started their beta test for iOS. 
Hmm. Uh, Signups are supposedly available. I tried to get the website to work for me to sign up, but it wasn't presenting the thing to like put in my email and stuff. So they may already be closed. But before um, what was available on Android is the Xbox streaming service, which is similar to what PlayStation's been doing, where you can stream uh, PS4 to your phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, It actually works pretty well. I paid some Horizon on my phone while uh, Cassie was playing on the Switch the other day. That's cool. Um, This is xCloud specifically, so not Xbox streaming. So Mm -hmm. they are only going to be having one game available for the beta test right now, and that is the Master Chief Collection. Uh, I believe they said something like 10,000. Um, they said it will get expanded over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, 10,000. So obviously that went like oh, quick. Like and it was two uh, minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, so, I only heard about it this morning. And I, that was from somebody who's pretty like in the, in the know. And he was mm-hmm. like, dang, I missed it. And so I'm like, if you didn't know... I'm not gonna be so not gonna feel so bad that I didn't know, but this is what I've been wanting. I've been wanting them to make the jump to to iOS so mm-hmm. that we can get an idea. Um, I think, no offense to the Android users, I know you use Android now. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that iOS is a better platform for something like XCloud, only because the iOS software and iOS devices, mm-hmm. the ecosystem is better and easier to get updates across for, as opposed mm-hmm. to Android phones where you really have to like worry about all the different hardware. I think it's yeah. a lot simpler. I don't know if you have any similar thoughts on that. I, I hate saying that. No, no, dude. Android people are not going to like that, but no, I'm, I think I'm, it's, I I think it's a good you. play. No, no, I'm eye to eye with you. The only reason I have an Android is it's a, it's a pixel. It's pixel three pro, whatever. Um, I, I really like it. At sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't mind going to an iPhone. Like um, uh, a lot of times when I'm hanging out with people here or we're sometimes we're at like different events and someone hands me a phone to take some pictures for them or whatever, uh, you know, charity events or whatever that we're doing. And I kind of miss having an iPhone sometimes. It's, it's, it's a different, it's, it's obviously a different layout, but the only reason that um, I went with this is because I knew Pixel, they're going to get whatever the latest and greatest yeah. is. It's Google's flagship model. Yeah. Um, no, but you're a hundred percent. I always got to. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I'm a hundred percent on board with you because that is one of the, uh, you know, especially with, with my work and other d- devs that I've seen, I'm not a developer, but I see a lot of the back end of what happens to optimize software for, um, for different devices. I rarely have issues when it comes to our software, or other so- softwares on, uh, different iOS platforms. Android, it's like, okay, well, oh, yeah, we have a problem on Android phones. So what kind do you have? Well, it's the six-year-old Android phone, or it's this really yeah. cheap Android phone. They're not going to optimize for that device uh, in regards to the OS. So you have a problem. So obviously, the software, if the OS is going to have a problem, the software is going to have a problem as well. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm completely IDI with you on that. Um, uh, I know I've kind of gone really into Android uh, sure. with with a uh, Chromebook and everything but uh, I've contemplated going back to uh, to an iPhone um, in the, in the fu- in the future because the advancements are, are just great and the ecosystem is fantastic I, I loved it honestly I re- uh, I kind of at some point if I get another laptop in the mm-hmm. future because I just don't use my laptop enough I use yeah. my iPad and I, I barely use my iPad I really use my phone uh-huh. uh, if I started using something I would probably get a Chromebook or if like I was gonna get my son 
a computer to start, I would mm-hmm. probably get him a Chromebook to start yes. because you can get the, the, the barrier to entry is low. And mm-hmm. I know that the applications function and mm-hmm. they built like Chrome OS, even though it is a little limited, they, mm-hmm. uh, they built a good system to do what it wants to do. Like you can do the simple things. You can do the things that it's like, I it, half the time I talk to somebody on the phone cause I do tech support for, for consumers. Yeah. I, I talked to somebody on the phone. They're like, I just got this so I can watch Netflix and, you know, do Facebook and stuff. And like the Chromebook, like the Chromebook is a perfect entry for that because they yeah. can watch your Netflix and it can do that. So, so they got a MacBook for that? No. Oh. I mean, they, they have iPads. So the, oh, the, iPads. The, okay. The, okay. The, new, the new iPad. Yeah. Um, no, that actually, makes sense. It, a, the new iPad has a really good price point. Okay. No, that makes uh, sense. I thought yeah. I, for some reason when you mentioned that, I was thinking they're getting a MacBook for that. I'm like, what? No, if, they, if they had a kid's MacBook Air, woo, I would own like two or three of those things just for me. I don't care. I don't do yeah. I, I do my gaming on console. I don't need a heavy rig anymore. Yeah. Those, well, those yeah. Well, behind me. I've got my laptop. You seem like I, I bring it when we have to do the show uh, or sometimes I bring it when I'm uh, – when I'm doing the show in, in Texas, yeah. I bring it to do editing um, when I'm on the go, but I don't game on it that much. I uh, I need I want to game a little bit more because Whitney and I used to play like Knights of the Old Republic and uh, sorry the Old Republic. We used to play old the Old Republic and other games like you know Netflix playing and we'd like be on our uh, you know playing some MMOs. We do that every now and then, um, but I don't use it that much. And lugging it around, it's a it's a kind of heavy laptop so i got the chromebook for 170 dollars and i use that thing all the time because what am i doing on that i'm i'm writing i'm you know paying bills surfing the net there's a battery life battery life uh i think it's around 11 or 12 hours so awesome it's insane Dude, That's it's insane. So I go days without charging it. And then when I when the days that I do, like sometimes I'll have it on like all freaking day. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, I'm at like 25% because it was on all day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've gone two or three, four days without without charging. I'll pull it up. It's immediate, you know, immediately ready to go because it's it's basically a tablet uh, with, a, with a built-in keyboard. So it's ready to go, solid state drive. I start doing my thing. I close the laptop and I'm good to go. Uh, when it comes to my Dell or anything like that, I open it up and I got to wait like 45 seconds. Question as it relates to our news topic here, does uh-huh. it have Bluetooth? Does it have Bluetooth? It does have Bluetooth. So is- now imagine that when Stadia fails or even if Stadia doesn't fail, uh-huh. and I'm not rooting for it to fail, as, as everybody should know by now, me and Patrick both bought uh-huh. Stadia from the beginning. But when Stadia fails, or if it do, even if it doesn't, imagine xCloud on your Chromebook, because all is you need, your, your barrier to entry into xCloud, uh, I read on the requirements for the iOS thing, you have to have a compatible iOS device, obviously, uh, and, but then all you need is your Bluetooth-capable Xbox controller, mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Uh, Man, so, imagine with, so imagine with your Chromebook, you take mm-hmm. that, and you're like, oh, you know, I want to play some Xbox Game Pass, yeah. and I got my Xbox controller right mm-hmm. here dope yeah the only the only problem because i was about to say like dude i could just pack that up in a backpack and like when i'm traveling but hotel wi-fi sucks so bad that it's not gonna work so sure no you it would probably have to be in like specific circumstances or it can just be something similar to what i was doing where i was pleasantly surprised so i bought um this uh, so, mm-hmm. cause I really wanted to just test out PS4 remote play. Yep. Uh, you can see my custom sticks there. Uh, yeah. this, this is my launch 
uh, PlayStation 4 controller where the, the they had the bad sticks that rubbed off, so I replaced it. Uh, so I bought... Dude, that st- uh, thing still works, even with the... Ba- yeah, the battery is not so good, but <laughs> other than that, she works just fine. Uh, so I mounted this. She was playing uh, Ring Fit Adventure, and okay. I was just playing Horizon on my little phone mounted uh, with cool. PS4 remote play. So I was on my local network, obviously, and I have a good network Yeah, uh, playing Horizon. So you could do something similar with your xCloud uh, and so on, yeah. where it's like, hey, you know, your wife wants to watch the, the, the big TV, but you're like, yeah. man, I, you know, I want to play some... Uh, some Outer Worlds or, or whatever it is. That you, mm-hmm. I want to play some Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And you just get your little phone mount uh, or your Chromebook out and just put mm-hmm. that on your lap and you're, you're good. Man, yeah. the, the future, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy how... Uh, I could go on like a, I, I had, um, we've kind got of a, on lots of rants, we've got a lots of rants <laughs> uh, just today. Um, but everything, everything now is, uh, is so application driven when it comes to, uh, when it comes to what we do, subscription driven and application driven. And that is changing the game when it comes to, uh, when it comes to how things are being sold. One of the, uh, I think it was last week or the week before with Xbox saying, I think it was last week, Xbox was saying like, oh, we don't really, uh, we're not really competing with um, yeah. with Nintendo and PlayStation. And that's the reason because Xbox is, Microsoft is looking at it saying, we are making so much money and every aspect of Microsoft is making money on subscription services or on software as a service. And doing that with video games is the next thing because uh, essentially you're, you're talking about uh, the more people paying you small amounts of money and exponentially growing that number of people, which is what puts Amazon and Walmart and those companies as the giants that they are. It's not because they're making huge profit margins. They make a tiny profit margin and everyone goes there or almost everybody. Um, and that could be a big thing when it comes to Xbox. It's And people are saying, oh, it's no longer about the exclusives. I think it also is about the exclusives. Has but. To. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who, if it's convenient enough, like the Switch has proven to us, if it's convenient enough, people will say, okay, well, I know this isn't the best graphics. I know that we've got the people who are PC master race, that's fine. But the people who are console gamers who are like, you know what, this isn't the best graphics, but it it runs well and it's fun and I can take it wherever I am. And that's why the Switch has sold so many copies. That's why the Switch outsold the Xbox is for that reason. Well, and there, there's literally just also just like we've stressed from the beginning is just there's a convenience factor to it. There's mm-hmm. a thing where like I I don't have to take over my TV. I don't have to be specifically in that room, even if we're talking about at home. I can mm-hmm. literally bust out my little controller mount, which I now just leave this one attached because I can charge it through the mount and everything and I don't use it for my PlayStation anymore. Uh I just leave it attached and it's like anytime that she's using the TV and I don't want to be like, hey, can I have the TV? I can literally just get on there and I can do a similar thing with the Switch. And that's mm-hmm. why the Switch was so awesome is that I just take it out of the dock and I just play it. Yeah. And now with xCloud, it's going to be something similar. I, I understand. I wasn't here last week to talk about that. Yeah. I understand where Phil was coming from and that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I think he's being... I, don't, I think he's avoiding it by saying yes. they're not because yes. you wouldn't buy all these studios if you weren't competing with PlayStation and Nintendo. You would you would care more about just getting third party support um, because they don't even re- as as the numbers that we described I think two or three weeks ago now have shown they doubled their Xbox Game Pass usership mm-hmm. uh, usership uh, subscriptions. Sub- 
subscription ship subscribers subscription. there we go subscribers they just they doubled their subscribers in one quarter yeah uh so it doesn't matter if they have first party games and i think it i think that there's a thing where it, it now doesn't matter necessarily if their first party fails it's mm-hmm. if game pass continues to grow and then xcloud is successful I think that they have a juggernaut there for where literally they just have to get third party support. They just have to make contracts with all these third party companies Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, we're going to give you money to stream this game for nine 99. Are you in? Cool. We got you. There's going to be millions of people playing your game. Have fun. So many people. And that's, and that's the reason why steam has been, again, steam has been so successful for that and companies uh, putting their games on steam and making that small amount of profit, but knowing that it's in an ecosystem that people will jump on and that it's a, a good price point. But speaking of juggernauts and things that just for some reason won't die, Anthem. <laughs> uh, so Bioware coming out, uh, coming out with a, a recent uh, update, uh, or I should yeah. say, I should say they- Yeah, um, they updated, yeah. Yeah. Anthem update. Yeah, it's the Anthem update. So I, I do I do find it I need to jump back into Anthem just to try it out. I yeah. I played it. It was not a bad game, but it does not have a lot of replayability, it didn't have a lot of lasting power. It was a lot of rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Uh, the combat was repetitive, the story was boring, uh, but it was fun flying around. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah. I do like that they're saying, hey, you know, we're we're working on this. We're going to double, you know, we're going to um, improve it. But I do find it funny. They're basically saying we're working on the fundamentals. Yeah. So <laughs> for those up. who don't know what we're talking about, um, they released a blog update. It's available on BioWare's Twitter um, that it was it, it crashed because so many game journals and everything were reading it whenever it came out. So uh uh, basically, what what Patrick alluded to there, they acknowledged that hey, a lot of people bought this game, I believe, and don't quote me on this because I, I I didn't, I forgot to pull up the NPD numbers, but I believe it was the number ten best selling game of 2019, something like that. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I know it's in the top 20 though. Uh, so we're talking about a game that is not good that was in the top 10 that was bought basically on merit. The fact that everybody likes Bioware after Andromeda even was uh got like slaughtered um everybody bought this game they said we're gonna focus on fundamental gameplay and while that's cool what were you focusing on before yeah you know i but i also understand this game was rushed like we saw this at e3 at e3 they showed this demo that was kind of empty um I still, you know, I remember me and Patrick still thought like, okay, hey, it's Bioware. They're not going to let us down. They're not going to mess this up. They did. They messed it up colossally. I don't know that they're ever going to recover. I'm not rooting. This is, again, one of those situations where I'm not rooting for them to fail. Sure. I just don't know. I don't know. At some point, you have to say like, hey, we just made a bad game. We're going to go focus on Dragon Age 4. That's exactly which, what which they is need what to you really into. want. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that's exactly what they need to do. They, they, I think they need to take a break. They are taking a break when it comes to Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect is a great series, but Dragon Age should be something to dive back into at this point. You were spot on, by the way. They were number ten. Uh, real quick, uh, surprise on the number five, but four is Borderlands three. Yeah, three is Madden. Yeah, two is NBA two K. I did not think that NBA two K was going to beat Madden, but oh, it yeah, did. Top three. Yep. And then uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is number one. For sure. Any guess at what number five is? Uh, it's not Grand Theft Auto. No? Be- 
because I think Grand Theft Auto finally fell out of the top 10. It did. Uh, I want to say it's probably like 11 or 12. Um, number five, mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil? No. no. That's, only, that's only like 7 million. Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, wow. Wow. I had no idea there were that many people buying it. Um, that's crazy. That was yeah, an early game, too. It beat Kingdom Hearts. That was that was number six. Beat Kingdom Hearts. It beat Super Smash, which, Kingdom again, Hearts should not have been in the top six six games all right anyways okay okay if it was good it should have been up there but it was a lot but then but then again anthem was number 10 and it's not good either (laughs) proving you don't have to make a good product for people to go buy it Um, yeah we're not going to trash dc on here well we'll we'll talk about dc later by the way but um i really want to uh to see birds of prey because a lot of people heard it's good i heard it was good some people were trashing it the only negative thing that i've heard about it was that uh that people were saying they should have just called it harley quinn and then what then i don't know if you saw is it margot robbie again it's margot robbie yeah it's margot robbie um so it's harley it's it's birds of prey and the emancipation of harley quinn but some of the uh, theaters have changed their marquee to now say Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. That's weird. Which is, is the, the movie old, called Birds of Prey? It's called Birds of Prey. So I, I think it's really weird. I've never seen a movie that changed in theaters a title. Um, I know that there are movies that changed. Obviously, Cats recently did an update uh, to it. Uh, little known fact: uh, The Shining had an ending that was in theaters that's not in the that wasn't in the the, uh, the later theatrical release. I think it, for a week it had a different ending and then it got changed. Um, and there are other movies that were changed in regards to editing. I don't know of any others that had a title change though. So I, I was laughing uh, when you said no. The Shining. I was thinking of like the episode of Friends where Joey like spoils the end of The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> no, all blank and no blank makes blank a blank blank. No, when um, now my favorite part about it, I mean obviously him putting it in the uh, the book in the freezer <laughs> is hilarious, but when but when she spoils Little Women for Joey, <laughs> that that was just remarkable. It was. Some great, there's some great stuff in Friends. Anyways, some good stuff. Um, some absolutely great stuff in Friends. We can do Friends yeah, and review someday. We totally we could. We totally could. Uh, since we're talking about DC, though, let's go ahead and jump to this. This happened today. Go on. We got we got a Batman uh, suit screen test. Which, by the way, this is very dark. I apologize. I'm trying to uh, try to lighten it up a little bit, but the the whole thing is dark and blurry purposely. Um, but we got a bat bat symbol. We got a cowl. Yeah. What do you think? Because I think he looks amazing. I think the suit looks better than the cowl. I think the mask, mm-hmm. and I and I'm tr- I'm not being too critical because I think that there's room for it to change. Sure. And I think there's there's probably some room for like post to work on it. You know, but yeah, the the cowl looked a little. It doesn't look like it fits his face exactly mm-hmm. but the suit looks dope like yes, the, the armor pieces of it the where he like he kind of does this like shoulder uh-huh. thing uh-huh. where you see the where you see that shoulder plate move yeah, and right that there. looked awesome yeah, yeah. so yeah. the way that the suit is fitting on him looks so cool mm-hmm. i think uh, his profile I, looks awesome too like yeah when, this shot here when like he moves his head up just a little bit and you get a little bit more lighting on there that that looks like like a, a a very an amazing profile for Batman. 
Yeah, I like so. I like how like it's a weird thing to like, you know, as a as a straight guy, I understand, but like his jawline there oh, looks yeah. really good. Like that whole like neck down uh, or even like chin down looks pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's that I think really about the cow now that I'm like sitting here and staring at it. I think it's the nose. I don't yeah. like that nose. Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, obviously, uh, they're filming this right now, by the way. Yeah. Um, they're filming right now, so they, they still have some room for improvement. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, we're getting a very dark uh, shot of it. Hopefully, that's what we get in the movie yeah. as well. I'm not being critical at all. No, like, I, I think it looks great. And um, I think he looks, he definitely looks like a better Batman than Ben Affleck. And I will say, I crapped on ben affleck when he got announced i don't think he was that bad of a batman it was a bad movie i don't think he looks better than batman i think that that the i think the, the batman that ben affleck was playing was that nightfall looking yeah. batman yeah. where batman is just yeah like hulked out yeah. i think that that's the batman ben affleck was playing so i have a hard time saying he looked bad he played a bad batman because they made him a bad batman yes the yeah that, the writing on that batman was god awful uh i like this younger looking take at very first glance i was like man he looks a little small but then it grew on me a little bit because yeah. i was like he's also like supposed to be playing beginning batman yeah. and i can see that as well and after ben affleck where ben affleck went big like there's also just a different yeah. factor. i think we're gonna see a lot of speed and and yeah. uh what he delivers i mean yeah Ben Affleck, like you said, he was he was jacked. He's bulky. He didn't move uh, as sleek in regards to his combat. So I think we're going to see something different there. I think we're going to see something more along the lines of the the Christian Bale movements, or except even even more more than Christian Bale. Uh, but we're going to see something more like that. Um, the is only the villain in this movie is they is penguin or is it? So I know that um, I know Andy Serkis is playing Alfred. Okay. And I think Colin, Colin, uh, what's his name? Colin Farrell. First? No, Colin Farrell. Um, Colin Farrell, okay. Yeah, Colin Firth's the guy from Love Actually, right? Uh, Firth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. The King's Speech. Yeah, Colin Farrell is in this. And the rumor is that he's playing um, Penguin. I don't Penguin? Think yeah, I don't think they've announced he's it. He's not short, though. That's weird. No, he's not. Uh,. Apparently, that's um, how you have to get a short guy to play. Penguin, no, but. well, apparently the rumor was Josh Gad was going to be Penguin, mm. and he wanted equal pay to what Robert Pattinson was getting paid. Okay, <laughs> get out. <laughs> get I'm out. not saying that Robert Pattinson like deserves a ton of money, but like he's playing the he's, Batman. You're yeah. not going to get paid like unlike uh, Batman and Robin, where the highest paid actor was Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean... unlike, but at, but whenever you think about it, it's like it's George Clooney. Like, yeah, that was a, that was a weird thing that they paid Arnold fifty million. For yeah. That. Anyways, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. But the only, th I mean, I'm I'm actually really excited about this movie. The only thing that I think is weird is that I mean, I don't mind it, uh, but the title of the Batman, for some reason, every time I see it, I think like of like someone's grandfather asking them are you seeing the batman movie like that kind of like are you playing games on the nintendo yeah that's exactly what i think of every single time like i'm thinking of all my family members that you know that oh he really likes the spider-man and i'm like oh, oh, i don't uh, say the 
that thing from Arrested Development where she like hands the the money to Anyang and she's like, "Go see a Star Wars." Yes, yes, uh. exactly. That's what I think. I get what they're what they're trying to do with it, where they're like, "It's the Batman," like he is yeah. the Batman. Like I, I get it. That's what I they just, call him all the time. It is. It is like, or, or or you know, the especially when it comes to early days. I think that may be part of it. Where, uh, like the very beginning. I'm sorry, but Michael Keaton's like my favorite on-screen batman and bruce wayne uh is he's my favorite but like the very beginning when they're they're talking about um like the rumors of like there's a batman like what what are you talking like that kind of idea of of it just being like these rumors of people hearing stories and the first year or two that's what you're gonna get he's not doing pr you know people just find out eventually what he's what he's doing so so i was just looking at the cast list uh zoe kravitz is selena kyle all right yeah yeah i'm i'm totally down for that too um but uh what do you think uh who do you think was your favorite batman on screen batman or bruce uh see that's a great question let's go let's go bruce first Hmm. i mean bruce i really think christian bale did a great job of that contrast because i mean christian bale is an amazing actor so he, is. he he was really able to turn it on mm-hmm. of of playing that like he was obviously like a little like depressed and stuff but i really mm-hmm. think he did a great job of Bruce. i think he did a good job of batman too but his yeah. like voice was just a I little grating yeah. i don't know it's probably a recency bias i would probably pick him for both mm-hmm. um i really like uh 89 batman it's yeah. just there's a certain like you can tell i don't know hokiness is probably like sure. that's probably the right word but like i don't i just don't know that i completely dug that mm-hmm. uh even even though i grew up with it it was just a thing where i kind of like evolved out of it i don't know why yeah. i would probably go christian bill it's a thing where like i would I, there's a much bigger debate on like jokers <laughs> oh no no 100 100 percent um <laughs> I think Christian Bale is a good choice for for Bruce Wayne because he he's the playboy, but he has some scenes where he he where you see Bruce who's not the playboy, but he yeah. doesn't have the mask on. You see who who Bruce really is, as opposed to the billionaire playboy persona. Yeah. Um, and I will say that I think Val Kilmer did a decent job of that as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that uh, I thought he was Val an Kilmer okay did a Batman. great Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah, he was a great Bruce Wayne because you you feel uh, you you had some depth to him. Where I will say that if if you just took the scenes where he's playing Bruce Wayne, George Clooney isn't bad as just Bruce Wayne pretending to be a bil- a billionaire. But as soon as it comes to anything other than that, there's no depth to that character. He is a shallow pool. Um, Keaton did some nice darkness that I liked, but whenever I see him, I don't think that other people would look at him and look up to him, I would think that people would just go, that guy's kind of weird. He's a pretty short guy, isn't he? He is a short guy, yeah. I think he's I like mean, five, Christian Bale's not eight. That, Christian Bale's check. not that tall either, but every time I think about Michael Keaton as Batman, I also just think about his size and the fact yeah, he, that he's just not a he's, big dude. Yeah, he's 5'9". He's 5'9". I, so. I think of Batman, like, and I don't know how tall Christian Bale is, but like, I think of... Six feet. Okay. I mean, so there's at least a little bit more height there. Mm-hmm. And let's see what we have on Robert Pattinson. And interesting thing, I'm sure you knew this, but uh, Tom Hardy's shorter than Christian Bale. 
Yeah. Because Tom Hardy's like five ten, so he was wearing some some big boots to try to like give him some some height. He was not. That was not a good idea to have that version of Bane or anything with that. I Pattinson six one. Okay. And then Ben Affleck's a big dude. So Ben, like, I think he's six two, isn't he? I think Ben Affleck was a t- terrible Bruce Wayne, but he was playing a different Bruce. Like, I hated Ben. I don't like anything four. about that stuff. Dude, yeah. Ben's six four. Okay, so like that makes sense. But like yeah. the, the other thing is, whoever he is going up against, he needs to look at. Depending on the character, he needs to still have a, a big presence against the average person. Until you bring in characters like Bane and Killer Croc and others, Batman should be should be uh, intimidating to those yeah. to the Riddler, to obviously Penguin or anything like that. Um, like I said, until you bring in characters who are who are you know beefy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, Anyways, I was, about, I was thinking about Batman and Robin, and I was thinking about things that are being put out to die yeah and then that led me to e3 yeah e3s and and jeff Keeley now announcing <laughs> that he is not going to be in the for i didn't realize for the past 20 like this is the first every time in 25 year years yeah yep. i completely i didn't realize he is gone yep and i will say thankfully and i, I won't read this off to everybody but like jeff yeah. Keeley's leaving um, or he, he's not going to be at E3 2020. He didn't say forever, but this is this is the sign of the times. Jeff Keighley and what he's doing with uh, the Game Awards has proven you don't need um, you don't need E3. He's doing what he wants to do, um, and you know in some cases, yes, he's biased to some certain developers and everything. But uh, E3's it's, E3's dead. Just uh, just just let it die. For those who don't know Jeff Keighley, other than the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley is the most inside of the inside man. We're talking about a dude who literally, like, anytime that you hear about him on, like, another podcast you listen to it or any news outlet, he is the guy that knows everyone. Mm-hmm. He knows mm-hmm. every single person uh, virtually. Like, he's just that tagged in. And so for him to say he's not at E3... Uh, and for those who don't know, he also ran the week prior to E3, which was called Judges Week, which is mm-hmm. where they just bring in like E3 was already supposed to be like a business like show for the for a long time, but they would do a thing where they would just bring in critics. So they would bring in the writers of all these video game websites and everything uh, a week before to give them a little preview, a little taste mm-hmm. of some of the games that they were going to be seeing, and it was kind of a thing where like it was only open to like badged people who who were like licensed isn't the word i'm looking for but they're you know they're critics they're okay. they're game writers yeah. and everything journalists there we go yeah. uh and he's not doing that either so he opened up a little not an ama necessarily but like he in the comments of this post that he put he was like ask me things you know yeah. i'll talk to you talk to you about it somebody was like is this because the esa who runs e3 is this because esa uh doxed all the journalists uh last year and i believe we talked about that last year when it happened yeah uh, and he was like a lot of factors went into my decision so he didn't say no he's he's a he's an on-politic guy so he's not going to completely say yes yeah. they were like are you going to do something else and he's like yeah something else is going to happen you know the week before there's going to be some kind of thing it's just not going to be judges week yeah um sounds like he's gonna do his own thing which which is fine he's proven that he can do that and by tapped in you're talking about how tapped he is and he is with it 
I've also liked, he seems like, because he so genuinely uh, enjoys the, the industry. He is a fan just like we are. And it's not quite Jimmy Kimmel levels of like fanboying, but you can see the general excitement that he has. He's tapped in because he loves the industry, because he loves gaming, and he's not doing it to try to be pompous. That's what I love about Jeff Keighley. He will name drop people, but he's not doing it for notoriety. He, does he just he loves them. He loves them, and he know, he happens to know them. He happens to talk to them frequently. Um, and, you know, the memes and everything with him and Hideo Kojima recently, or I guess the past year, uh, have been funny and everything, but he has, he's been tapped in and he may have not had that kind of, you know, uh, uh, connection uh, as deeply or fanboying as, as overtly, but he's tapped in and enjoys the industry in a way that uh, I think the only person I could think of that was close to that was watching Adam Sessler back in the G4 days, where you're watching a guy like he is that into gaming and he knows what he's talking about. I think the only other person that I could say, not he's not on his level, but yeah. is somebody who's like, is Greg Miller. Yeah. Uh, just, oh, from yeah. A pos just from uh, another positive standpoint, he's a voice of positivity uh, and everything, and is 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 somebody that um, really it does just have a passion for games. His is a little bit more centered, like is more generally specific to like PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but him not being an E3 is big. Uh, I think unfortunately because anybody who listens to this podcast knows how much me and patrick both love e3 unfortunately i think this is signaling a really bad turn i think it was already taking a bad turn when sony is now taking a second year off but literally the biggest name in the journalism industry of games is mm -hmm. not going to be there um I don't like it. I don't like the way this is going. I don't. I he he mentioned some other things on there where he's like, I know E three means so much to so many people, but they need to evolve. They need to hmm. embrace uh, the digital age, which I think there's a there's a definite truth to that. And he brings that whenever he does the game awards, and he literally talks. He and he like Patrick mentioned, he's not boasting. Mm -hmm. Whenever he's talking about the Game Awards, he's literally saying, I want to bring this to as many people as possible. So he'll throw out those numbers. He's like, we're in this many countries right now. We're streaming on Twitch. We're on Mixer. We're on YouTube. Like, he's yeah. literally saying, like, hey, wherever you want to watch the Game Awards, you can. And he, I think he wants a similar thing mm -hmm. for E3. I'm wondering if somebody can ever just buy the E3 brand out from the ESA. Because uh, the ESA is going to kill E3 because they just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. I would I would love for someone to buy it and for it to be a a positive because the, to to me E three historically has been a, a wonderful positive time for for gaming uh, for for launches to talk about gaming to have the concentration similar to the you know we talk about like it being the Super Bowl of gaming but you have that concentration of of in, of developers and enthusiasts all together where throughout the year you have that stretched. We have PAX East, we have all these other uh, conferences, but E3 has, is like almost like all the stars aligning and you have all of the, anyone who is, who is important would be at E3. If you're gonna have a big launch, you're gonna talk about it at E3. Uh, and I miss that, I miss that it's, I don't care, I do not care if it's physically located somewhere. 
but if they had some type of virtual version of this where you you know rent out a studio to have some people talk about it and then have a Nintendo and a Sony like presentation digitally kind of like Nintendo does and then have them talk about it and do some Q&As I'd be fine with that you don't have to rent out a, a big uh uh, convention center or anything like that like they do now save the money uh stream it and we will watch it we will watch an entire week of that yeah absolutely i think i hope that it happens i really yeah. do uh, if he's gonna be the, like and he who knows if, if there's somebody that can that can champion this thing it's this guy i yeah. he, i don't think he has the kind of money to buy it but he has the kind of clout to run it yeah um, i think it'd be amazing and i'm i'm completely okay with that especially imagine imagine it being something that that like led into the game awards mm -hmm. so like having i don't like that it would be in december so he would probably have to do two separate things but imagine yeah. that it was something that led up into the game awards where it was like a week of like game previews for like 2021 yeah and then ending it with the game the games of the year and all that stuff for 2020 like that yeah. kind of thing would be i would i would cool. like for it to be like early november where you're like hey we're going into holiday season or holiday season's upon us or whatever let's talk about next year let's talk about next year of gaming like because yeah. having it around too close to the holidays is tough for people to get away from what they're doing to get away from life we all have people that we're seeing around that time or maybe we're just high maybe some people just do want to uh you know hide away but a lot of people are usually busy during that time. So doing it early November, I think it'd be fine because you're looking towards the next year and then you can in early November be like, Hey, guess what? This comes out January. What? Be cool. Yeah. That would but, be cool. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, what? also, uh, some people don't think politics and gaming is cool mm -hmm. and I don't mind. I don't care. I think anything in, I've, I've said it before. Art is art. If it evokes emotion, whatever it is. Uh, but recent, uh, sorry, if, kind of jumped did I jump ahead no nah, I didn't no, uh, two things left yeah yeah T Tim Sweeney was was uh essentially saying he wanted politics out of gaming and then started kind of backpedaling <laughs> yeah I, he didn't say out of gaming he said out of game companies. out of out of game companies and then kind of started to clarify and said well he's talking more about marketing because yes. he did clarify to say that games just like any other art like it, it needs to be provocative he mentioned um you mentioned To Kill a Mockingbird. There's a lot of, um, there's, you know, obviously literary uh, and and film uh, uh, pieces that have propelled us as a society or shown a light on something that was a darkness within our, our, our world, but it allowed people to better understand what other people are going through. And I think gaming can do that as well. Uh, and I, I, I understand where he was coming from saying stay out of it when it comes to the marketing. But uh, I will say, like The Last of Us, the reason I, I picked this, by the way, was um, I, throughout The Last of Us and then the DLC, I never heard anyone critiquing uh, uh, Ellie and her uh, relationships and her uh her sexuality i never heard anyone critiquing it until the uh last of us 2 trailer and mm. then people started critiquing it as if it was a new thing and to me that's they wouldn't play the dlc because they didn't play the dlc and they didn't understand her character and to me it wasn't a big deal that's just part of her character and it, obviously inclusion is important in anyways but people were trying to make it political 
Last of Us is a great game that has not gotten political in regards to any statements, in regards to any marketing. It just happens to have a character who is a lesbian or bi or whatever she wants to identify herself as. Um, it just happens to be part of her character. And we need those type of that type of normalcy in games and in, in, in film and everything. But in regards to marketing, I do kind of agree because I feel like in a marketing standpoint, you are pushing, you're trying to push it as if um, it's not, not that it would be an agenda, but you're trying to to cram it down people's throats, kind of like uh, the like the new Wonder Woman trailer, right? Uh, or the Captain Marvel, uh, or Captain Marvel, the entire movie, where it's like you don't have to. Or uh, Batwoman. Batwoman's a great example of this, with her saying lines like "the suit wouldn't be would is perfect if it would fit a woman." And I'm like, no, no, no. If it fits you, like, don't make it about about a woman. Like, the best action, one of the best action heroes, Ripley, is a female, and she never like tells people that she's better because she's a woman. She just happens to be a woman. And I think that's what's important when it comes to good characters. You, you write a good character and they happen to be whatever they are. Um, I'm going to go on, a obviously, a rant about this. You, you have stuff to say as well. But um, mm. I think that marketing can, can seem one-sided when really it's a multifaceted issue. Yeah. And so, by the way, he mentioned Tim Sweeney. Just in case you don't know who Tim Sweeney is, he's the CEO of Epic Games uh, and the founder of Epic Games. And he was speaking at the, the DICE Summit. Um, which dice is another industry thing there there's a dice awards also uh that that comes i can't remember if the dice awards have already happened or not um at first i didn't think that i liked what he said i was mm -hmm. like uh it's good talk bud um there's one thing that i definitely still don't think that he addressed in his own self and that's the fact that epic games took mm -hmm. a buttload of money from a big old company called tencent yep uh which for those who don't know who tencent is it's a giant chinese company uh that isn't necessarily shady or anything but you know whenever you are a big company in the country of china you generally have a certain political affiliation um you have to have a political affiliation yes. with that yeah so i think that there's i think that there's some criticism that's warranted there he had to actually come out and, and defend himself a little bit where because people again just kind of misunderstood yeah uh what he was saying so he was talking it, about to kill a mockingbird and he's like just as patrick mentioned where he's like the book just wrote it the uh harper lee yep harper lee yeah, yeah. yeah sweet harper lee wrote it and it turns out that is is harper lee the one that we like found out bad things about later or is that a different book that i'm thinking of uh, not that i know of you think of okay. Anne rand uh, it could be. I don't know. Anyways, there was like one author that like wrote a book, and then it turned out that that author was like really racist or something. J.K. Uh, Rowling. No, that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling's got some own issues too. Uh, she's really. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so To Kill a Mockingbird wrote it, and there was there was definitely political stuff in the book, but it was just written. It was a part of the story, and yes. what he was saying is like whenever you're playing a video game, a video game is going to have elements to it um there's there's games that are obviously alluding to to things and like far cry 5 came to mind where there was a religious cult type experience mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like it was very the game was very popular even though it turned out in in my opinion not to be that good but it was very popular and sold very well because it happened to coincide right around when uh the president of the united states uh was beginning his term 
and there was a definitely a definitely bad feeling towards the right in the United States, especially. It, that game was definitely trying to be political. However, what he's speaking to is that you shouldn't have a marketing company. You shouldn't have the marketing of it. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't even necessarily have the game company trying to tell you their political beliefs this should yeah. just show through the art sure uh and you're going to have and i think that this is a problem that we run into just as employees period i work for a giant company i'm pretty sure you work for a pretty uh, pretty, pretty large company where we have very you know me and you don't necessarily have very different political beliefs although i think they differ a little bit but that you have you can be working with so many different people and they think very differently and sometimes that can be bad depending mm -hmm. on how that company lets that happen you know mm -hmm. if you don't if everybody doesn't talk about it which is the way that it should be honestly you know if everybody doesn't really hint like hey i voted for this guy and i voted for that guy like then you're not generally going to have a problem i think it's a similar thing of like you shouldn't have a, a marketing company throwing it in your face like hey yeah. you need to accept ellie because she's this yeah like no you should just play the game and see that Ellie's an awesomely written character yeah. and a very well acted character mm -hmm. by Ashley Johnson who does a kick a job mm -hmm. uh, as Ellie you should love Joel and love uh, Nolan yeah I think I can't remember yeah uh, uh, and love his acting you shouldn't think of Joel as a guy who like potentially ruined the world uh, you know or is you know is a part of this ruining the world. You shouldn't think of Ellie as just a, she's not, you know, just her mm -hmm. sexual preference and it shouldn't just be something that's like thrown out there. But at the same time, I understand where some people have, like, I understand where that comes from. Yeah. I'm not trying to spin it that way, but I'm trying to say like, he's saying like, you shouldn't just have a marketing company telling you like, this is what you need to, to mm -hmm. think. You should be able to play something and have it evoke your own feelings mm -hmm. and have your own exploration and your own, your own discussion with it yeah. and how that affects you yeah. and you should be able to do that naturally versus having a company spin it for you yeah it, it should come through with the art which um i don't know if you watch the academy awards you don't watch them right uh, so, i stopped so uh one I of got the tired of it. like it was a, it was a great year um for that but one of the the best animated short um the what's I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Um, it was it was an amazing sad, short, right? Uh, it, a little little bit, but not really. Hair love. Um, oh right, was, not super yeah, sad. Okay. Not. I mean, like, it, there's some parts that were emotional, and you get a little sad yeah. and everything. But um, it was it was a it was a great uh, it was a great emotional story, uh, and had resonance obviously with the black community even more so with me. But uh, things like that, and like the movie, uh, even more so. What's that? I don't know about it. it resonated with you even more. So. No, 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 no. It resonated with other people more than me. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is with uh, I have no hair. Uh, no, it resonated with. No, I'm saying I'm saying it resonated with with uh, black people more than it did with me. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, but at the same time, showing showing these types of things, like I don't know if you saw the the documentary Good Hair. I did. Um, I love it. So it's it's a great documentary, and like those types of things, like showing 
us uh, these types of things and people who may or may not have have been part of the culture or are understanding uh, you know those those uh, different things uh, about society I think is great that was you know a hair love is a great non-political cartoon but you know where they could have made it about politics they did make they did it a little bit in their acceptance speech but the the art itself was not about politics the art itself was about this family and this father helping to you know it it's it's a beautiful like it between that and the um uh, kit, under kit bowl kit bowl there well i mean i don't think there were any political undertones to it other than the fact that like uh that he was having to do her hair not to spoil anything the mom's the mom is in the hospital i guess it spoils Uh it a little bit but uh he's doing the kid's hair because the kid can't do her her hair by herself and it is it it it, i i have uh i work for the ymca and like i would braid the kids hairs and they would braid my hair because i had like long hair during that time and I could never get any of the black girls' hair. Like I couldn't, I did, I couldn't, couldn't do it. Like it was so different to me. So watching him like struggle with her hair, I was like, I, like, and, and Robert was t- uh, commenting about like you know the, how that how much it hit home for him too. I'm glad it hit. I'm glad it it won, and the there were political undertones uh not to it but in regards to what they've said about about it but really it's all about inclusion it's about uh norm uh it's about making that normal just like ellie making her like she's you know okay she kissed a girl okay like that's not a big deal it's making it part uh, of normal life and getting representation for other people to see that the that these are things that that are normal and they're they're wonderful so let me get off my soapbox Cute Katy Perry song, I kissed yeah, the girl. Yeah, like exactly. Anyways. Exactly. Kit Kit Bull was also very good. Uh, by the uh, way, I remember uh, that one. Yeah, that one made me a little now- sad. <laughs> yes, it did. With with good reason. <laughs> um, so I think that he got a lot of flack, and I think that there's some things that he definitely should get some flack for, just because his company does take a lot of money from a very like questionable source. Um, there's something to that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that there's a a message there that more people need to start to embrace, especially in internet culture is that I think that it's super easy. And I'm somebody, if, if somebody, if anybody out there that listens to this podcast that follows me personally, I'm somebody who loves to argue on the internet, uh, in his board time, uh, about political things. It's a thing that I just enjoy doing. I like, I like I not I like needling. I like poking. Yeah. I like I, you know. I like to throw those little those little comments out there that are like, hey, you know. The but my my overall stance is just that it that's so ridiculous. There's such an outrage culture that jumps yeah. on every little thing that yeah. happens and and the cancel culture that comes with it. And I think that there's a message to be heard there where in video games, like we don't need our game companies contributing mm-hmm. to that toxicity. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, actually, speaking of speaking of cancel culture uh, and the the awards, uh, I'm gonna I want to get the uh, character, uh, sorry, the uh, the actor's name on here. Um, I don't know if you uh, if you heard about, but people were talking about Shia LaBeouf, um, and he sure. so he he presented with um, with his um, his co-star. Oh, of, his dad movie, right? Uh, no, he, uh, Peter Butter, Peanut Butter Falcon. 
It's yeah, a, the movie about his dad. Is that about his dad? I thought I haven't seen it yet. It's but pretty auto. It's a pretty autobiographical movie. Okay, I don't know if that was this one because uh, the star of the movie. No, it can't be that because the star of this. I haven't seen it yet. The the star of the movie and the main character is. I'm uh, thinking of Honey has Boy, Down sorry. syndrome. Yeah, I'm thinking the of Honey main, Boy. The main character has Down syndrome. The actor has Down syndrome, and he wants to be a professional wrestler. And yeah, I'm, so I'm thinking of Honey Boy. Okay, so so Shia like. Uh, was there with Zach, who's the the actor, and um, people were um, like essentially they mistook him laughing as him laughing at the actor, and I don't think they realized like the two of them have like a friendship, the two of them have acted in a movie together, that um, that they actually have a relationship, and uh, I had other there are other people who are like commenting and saying things like no look he was helping he like he helped Zach at one point to open the envelope he didn't open the envelope for him but he helped him because he saw he was a little struggling with one piece and then he let him do the rest um, yeah. and he was like he laughed a little bit because he was kind of proud of of the moment and people were like having a cancel Shia uh, like uh, uh, hashtag going around and I'm like what are you doing like he's with he's essentially again normal like uh, uh, helping to uh to show a, a person who has a disability who is excelling as an actor, like why would you try to cancel this person when he he's he's hanging out with his friend essentially on stage? It's stupid. Yeah, and obviously I didn't see, I didn't see it. I, I didn't hear yeah. about it. I I pay as little attention to the Oscars as I can. I kind of got tired of like actors acting yeah. like they can really tell us how we should feel. Uh, more political things that we don't sure need to go it got a little show. political but, this year, yeah. but in terms of the cancel it's political every year in terms <laughs> of the cancel stuff i agree like uh, without knowing what's going on i bet that there's some outrage to it uh, yeah it just just because dude shy's been through some weird stuff yeah and he's never ever seemed like a bad dude yeah. um I, I don't feel like that's his his thing anyways um yeah i think that there's something to be said just about uh how we should how we should act yeah, uh, on exactly. the internet and things that we should recognize where we, you know, maybe we should relax a little bit, maybe just just go play a little video game, just pop in your Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, just just jump around and... Yeah. and maybe uh, watch some the Star Wars. Kill, kill some robot dinosaurs or you could watch some Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're getting apparently a Rogue One prequel TV show, maybe I, don't, I didn't hear, is it a, is it a, a series? Yeah, yeah, it's a series. Sorry, uh, Disney Plus like prequel a, series. Yeah, yeah, it's a series. I think it's like a, a mini series. Uh, so Cassie Andor, yeah, I, I'm yeah. completely fine with that. Um, I've said for a while, Rogue One is probably the better of the recent Star Wars movies. Um, I I don't mind that we're getting this. I would like. Uh, I'm glad that we're going to get things other than Jedi. I like Jedi, but yeah. we. I like the the Star Wars world is deep enough that you can can dig in um and as long as this has a different tone to mandalorian which i believe that it will i think that it i think that it'll do well yeah the idea behind it is uh so he just popped up on to i think he i think he had like an an article in entertainment tonight or something it says we're doing it we're doing this year i can't wait it's really cool to tell a story where you already know the ending so that's where i think it's a mini series so he's playing yeah. uh this is diego luna uh he plays cassian andor which was he's the the other lead actor uh, in it, and the idea behind this show, I believe, is like to tell about the beginnings of the rebellion, uh, which is also done through Star Wars Rebels. Um, 
which we need, still need to get Patrick to watch. But to have a live action like beginning to the rebellion, uh, and which also probably means we get more Alan Tudyk as mm -hmm. uh, K2SO. Oh, that's uh, so cool. I think, I think that's good. I think that's fun. I think. I like I understand Mandalorian's getting a second season. We don't know how many seasons um this show is going to get, but like he said it's really cool to know where, where the ending already. We know how Rogue One plays out. We know what happens to mm -hmm. to Cassian already. Mm -hmm. It is really cool to have a series where like imagine that the finale is like right before the beginning of Rogue One. Like yeah. imagine that's how they do it. I really like this direction that they're taking star wars i like the idea of miniseries i don't necessarily like i i still like clone wars and i still like rebels and i like that they're like four or five seasons or six seasons or seven seasons long but i like this idea where we might just get something condensed like if this obi-wan thing ever actually happens it's <laughs> supposed to be like a miniseries like just imagine like kind of an extended movie in episodic things where we're getting like six hours of star wars that just tells this like concise story mm -hmm. about a single character or a single characters i think that's cool i hadn't i didn't even know they were doing this show until yeah. i saw this article pop up on my feed so hey cool yeah i didn't either i'd i'd heard kathleen kennedy and some others were were they were describing it as mandalorian spinoffs which i was like no don't, i think that's a bad no. idea yeah. that's a very bad idea um to do it's additional star idea. yeah to do additional star to call it to call it a mandalorian spinoff is a good marketing idea and a bad yeah. marketing idea but uh in my opinion i think that uh i think that additional series are, are a great way to do this we're gonna have the obi-wan series we'll have this i think that yeah give me six or eight hours of a good story and give me a nice story arc i think it's gonna be great and give it's gonna show katana yeah, it's going to show um, it's it shows how Star Wars uh, in a well-told story, as we've seen when it comes to the novels and everything, because the stories, the stories are adventures and they're fun. But the video games and the novels are where we really get to see some really nice story arcs. And I want to see that on the on the screen more. It's going to be I good. didn't I didn't list it in the document. So, by the way, before I list this uh, out or before I mention what I'm about to mention mm -hmm. uh, next week. Uh, we're going to do some news, but we're also going to cover uh, episode nine, mm -hmm. uh, spoiler mode. We're going to do that live, so we'll put like up a banner if you somehow haven't seen episode nine. Um, so I made a little a little list in my head of some series I want to see. I want to see some Ahsoka Tano. Mm -hmm. I want to see some Plagueis. I want to see some Plagueis Ooh. and Palpatine. I want to see how that relationship happens. I would, I that would, would love that. That would be super yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and then just anything old republic mm -hmm. um if w we we talked about like a really small rumor of like a kotar type series mm -hmm. happening it doesn't necessarily have to be kotor but just have something from the what i would what would probably be described as the golden age that we sure. never saw there was like yeah. there's a golden age of this galaxy that we've never really seen we hear them talk about it we talk about the age of the Jedi and like that thousand years or however long it was. I can't remember right now. Um, I, w I would like a show that takes place somewhere during that. We can see maybe a younger Yoda, uh, maybe like how he got into it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, we don't, it doesn't have to focus around Yoda. I'm just saying he would obviously probably be there. I don't know how yeah. long he was like head of the Jedi order, but I imagine it was quite a long time. Yeah. But yeah, he wouldn't be old, old Republic. Um, yeah. But I, no, I, I agree. I would love to see that. I would, 
I'm I'm gonna be was it ten thousand years and not a thousand years. Uh, I think it's ten thousand years. Okay, but either way, Yoda's nine hundred. I mean, that's here. what I was saying. He's nine hundred. Yeah, so he would he would have been like a baby, and as we know now, that he uh, wouldn't have been mature until he was like one hundred and fifty or so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see those. I think I'd rather see a Plagueis and Palpatine than than I would a uh, Palpatine and Vader because I think oh, we've seen yeah, a lot no. of Palpatine Vader. Um, I would rather see uh, Palpatine Plagueis and a young Palpatine. Yeah, and I know it sucks to say this, but with a new actor, a young actor no, showing his showing his uh, his descent into uh, darkness, I think it'd be really cool. Because I um, I don't I don't think we know about who Plagueis is. We maybe we do. Not I know a lot. there's a I know there's a Plagueis book that I haven't yeah. read. Uh but Plagueis, as far as I know, was another political like person. So they they both were playing the system yeah. that led to the rise and then we know as we know from uh episode three that Palpatine kills Plagueis. Um and he and he does that during episode one. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's there's that in there. It doesn't necessarily have to get us up to episode one, but maybe something like what got uh, Palpatine into Senator, what got Plagueis there? Like, how did Plagueis, like, how did how did Palpatine get into the dark side? Like, there's so much there. Yeah. Um, that would be cool where you don't necessarily have to show everything evil about them, but, like, you can show, like, was there a turn? Was Palpatine ever any kind of good? Like, was yeah. it from Kit? Like, the sky's the limit on what you can do. And then just give me a soak like just give me just give me an Ahsoka miniseries show me what happened after she left the Jedi Order yeah. leading up to uh, where we find her with Rebels there's a there's a nice chunk of stuff there where she goes into an independent force user and, and everything like there's there's room there's a lot of room there for a story of somebody yeah. who's not a Jedi but is force sensitive and is trained um, yeah. I think that would be cool anyways I'm, I, I'm I down for I'm just down came for up with that off the lift, lift uh, off my head I don't know if there's any series you're looking for but I'm, I'm getting more excited about the, the mm -hmm. thought of more mm -hmm. Star Wars series as opposed to movies I still want the movies but I, I kind of like this idea of just being able to consume it at home on Disney Plus yeah um, I would I mean I know I just talked about like there being more to it than lightsaber but I would like something like showing like early Jedi training and like seeing cool. someone seeing someone who like is taking mm. like taking like the uh, like middle school to early high school kind of age. Call it Padawans. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go Sorry. for that. I didn't mean yeah. to No, no. Like, no, like that. That'd be fine. Like, but I'd love to see like I'd love to see that. Um, God, actually, you know what? That show writes itself that really writes itself like showing a bunch of uh middle school to early high school kids um like a sky high with jedi and not you know super corny yeah no you got to show them like you gotta show the learning you got to show the things that they do they the the relationships with their master yeah. when they when they go to uh the planet to get their crystal yeah we show some bullying and they're like no that's the way to the dark side and yeah that'd be really cool <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no. All right. Anyways. Yeah. It's, there's going to be some moments like that. Anyways, hope you guys had fun. We'll be back next week talking more Star Wars and gaming news. Let us know in the comments what you'd like to see in regards to future Star Wars uh, series of any kind. TV series, comic books, whatever it is. We'll see you later. Okay, bye.